section four of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter four o life how pleasant in thy morning young fancies raise thy hills adorning cold pausing cautions lessons scorning we frisk away like schoolboys at the expected warning to joy and play burns the following morning gertrude rose early impatient to take an unmolested survey of what she already looked upon as her own the suite of public rooms engaged but little of her attention she had already settled in her own mind that these must be completely new furnished and with this sweeping resolution she passed quickly through them merely stopping to examine the few pictures they contained an open door an almost dark passage and a turnpike stair at length presented themselves as stimulants to her curiosity and tempted her to diverge from the straight line she had hitherto followed it was the original part of the building to which a modern gothic front had been affixed and she soon found herself in all the inextricable maze of long narrow passages leading only to disappointment steps which seemed to have been placed only as if on purpose to make people stumble and little useless rooms which looked as if they had been contrived solely for the pastime of hide-and-seek at length she entered one she guessed to be lord rossville's study and was hastily retreating when her eye was caught by an old-fashioned glass door opening upon a shrubbery she tried to open it but it was locked the prospect from without was alluring and she felt unwilling to turn away from it the windows were but a little distance from the ground and having opened one and smelt the violets that grew beneath her next impulse was to spring lightly through it into the garden as she inhaled the fresh morning air fraught with the sweets of early summer where the scent comes and goes like the warbling of music and looked on the lovely landscape as it shone in the deep calm radiance of the morning sun her heart exulted in all the joyousness of youth and health in the brightness of creation she had wandered to a considerable distance when having gained the top of an eminence she stood to admire the effect of some cottages situated on the green shelving bank which overhung the river what a pretty picturesque thing a cottage is thought she to herself how gracefully its smoke rises from amongst the trees and contrasts with the clear atmosphere around when this is mine i will certainly have some pretty cottages built in sight of the castle and have the good people to dance on the green sward before their doors in an evening when their work is done oh how easy it must be to be good when one has the power of doing good ignorant of herself and of the nature of the human heart gertrude believed that to will and to do were one and the same as yet untaught that all vague baseless schemes of virtue all vain romantic dreams of benevolence are as much the cobwebs of imagination as the air-built castles of human happiness whether of love glory 
riches or ambition the beauty of the morning the interest each object excited the song of the birds the smell of the opening flowers the sound of the waters all combined to lull her visionary mind into an elysium of her own creating and as she walked along in all the ideal enjoyment of her utopian schemes she found herself at the door of one of those cottages whose picturesque appearance had charmed her so much at a distance a nearer survey however soon satisfied her that the view owed all its charms to distance some coarse lint-haired mahogany-faced half-naked urchins with brown legs and black feet were dabbling in a gutter before the door while some bigger ones were pursuing a pig and her litter seemingly for the sole purpose of amusement what a pity those children are all so ugly thought miss st clair it would have been so delightful to have had them all nicely dressed and have taught them myself but they are so frightful i could have no pleasure in seeing them however she overcame her repugnance so far as to accost them would not you like to be made nice and clean and have pretty new clothes i answered one of them with a broad stare and still broader accent and to go to school and be taught to read and write and work naw answered the whole troop with one voice as they renewed their splashing with fresh vigour miss st clair made no farther attempts in that quarter but she entered the cottage carefully picking her steps and wrapping her garments close round her to prevent their contracting any impurities the smoke which had figured so gracefully out of doors had a very different effect within and she stood a few minutes on the threshold before she could summon courage to penetrate farther at length as her eyes got accustomed to the palpable obscure she discovered the figure of a man seated in a wooden chair by the fire in a ragged coat and striped woollen nightcap he is ill poor creature thought she and quickly advancing she wished him good morning her salutation was respectfully returned and the man making an effort to rise invited her to be seated with considerable courtesy i am afraid you are ill said gertrude declining the invitation and looking with compassion on his lean sallow visage oo deed he's very ill my leddy cried a voice from behind and presently advanced a stout blooming broad-faced dame clad in a scanty blue flannel petticoat and short gown she was encompassed by a gur or hoop supporting two stoops a piece of machinery altogether peculiar to scotland having disengaged herself from this involvement or convolvement she dropped a curtsey to her guest and then wiping down a chair pressed her to be seated the good man's really extraordinar ill my leddy continued she in a high key i'm sure i can know what to do wi' him it was first a sudden doon cold and noo he's fawn into a, a sort o a dwinin like and at will i dinna think he'll e'er get the better o't 
have you any doctor to see him inquired miss st clair oot weel he's had doctors enough and nae things been spared on him i'm sure he's pitten as buckle doctor stuff a ae kind o' nither in till himself as might have pushed him twenty times o'er but weel a wat i think the mare he takes the where he grows perhaps he takes too much medicine deed i'll no say but he may but he can my lady what can he do he maun take what the doctor sends him the things canna be lost but we'll he's very sweared to take them whiles though i'm sure muckle money they cost and as i tell him they're dear morsels perhaps if he were to leave off the medicines and try the effect of fresh air and good milk and soup which i shall endeavour to procure for him i'm sure we're muckle obliged to you my lady but he needna want for fresh air he can get enough of that any day by going to the door but there's na getting him to stir for the chimley lug and indeed i canna say want for milk or broth fever for on a other young gentleman up by spoke to my lord for us and he's really no to mean for his meat if he would take it as i tell him whiles my surty money a man would be glad to have it for the taking is there anything else then in which i can be of use to you inquired miss st clair now addressing the invalid is there anything you particularly wish for the man held up a ragged elbow gin your ladyship has an old coat to spare said he in a hesitating voice an old coat interposed his dam who what could put an old coat in your head tam i'm sure there's a hantle things more needful than an old coat no that he would be the wearer a coat neither for he has nothing atween that pair dud on his back and his marriage run and his sabbath day suit in the kiss there pray let me know what things are most wanted for your husband's comfort said miss st clair and i shall make a point of sending them a bit of carpet for instance looking upon the damp clay floor would you like a bit of carpet tam the leddy asks roared his wife to him then without waiting for an answer oo deed he disna ken what we would like and he's ne'er been used to till a carpet and i dare say it would just be a disconvenience till him knew that he canna be fashed with anything no but what he might pit up with a bit of carpet i's warrant if he had either things there are a hantle more needful a more comfortable chair then i may surely send said gertrude still persisting in her benevolent attempts the leddy's for sendin ye another chair tam again shouted his tender helpmate the husband nodded his assent but tweel he's suttin so long in that an i doubt it's no worth his while to change to new and i dinna think he could be fashed with another chair no but what we micht pit up with another chair or two if we had our all thing else wise like i'm sorry there is nothing i can think of that would be acceptable to you oh well no say that my lady briskly interrupted the hostess there's a hantle things weel a wat we have muckle need of for a thing but i must think shame to tell it and it's really not thought of mine neither my lady but it's just so happened with a thing and another i have ne'er gotten a stick of the goodman's dead clays ready and no to think that he's drawn near his end i'm sure i canna tell the vexation it's cost me 
here the dame drew a deep sigh and wiped her eyes with the corner of her apron then proceeded sickna a discreditable like thing to have said and such a comfort as no doubt it would be to him to see a thing ready and wise like afore he got out of the world a suit of good bein comfortable dead clays toms appealing to her husband which said she better than all the bra chars and carpets in the tune no but what if once ye had the town ye might pit up with a thither but wad not be a bonny like thing to see you set up with a bra carpet and a soft chair and to think ye had no so muckle as a wise like winding sheet to row ye in a great deal of the pathos of this harangue was of course unintelligible to miss st clair but she comprehended the main scope of it and somewhat shocked at this scotch mode of evincing conjugal affection she put down some money and withdrew rather surprised to find what different ideas of comfort prevailed in different countries and a good deal disappointed in the failure of her benevolent intentions End of section four